In this week's episode, we have a special guest with us at the table. So grab your cup of coffee and join us in this week's conversation on The One on Church Hurt. What is up? Welcome to Coffee and Convos. I am your host, Becca, and tonight I'm always joined with my incredible husband, Josh. Josh, how are you? Doing good. Uh, we did do an episode last week, so that kind of felt strange. So for all of our listeners, um, sorry about dropping the ball. I was in Greenville, and we, yeah, I, I don't know if we actually thought about I did, but at the time I thought about it, it was just, we were too late. (laughs) Yeah, way too late. Uh, So yeah, doing great. Uh, Kind of still tired from a long trip and preached over the weekend. And um, But Greenville is really cool. Definitely have some stories to share on our Instagram from coffee I tried there. And we got, well, I got to see um, the one and only Ted Lynn, which was fun. Um, Yeah. So, such a cool friend. He had a freshly roasted bag of coffee waiting for us, which was spectacular. We're almost pretty much through the bag. (laughs) It was great. Blueberry notes, um, just really, really solid. And then tonight, we actually just got a new coffee in um, from a local place. Uh, So, an hour away from us in Philly, Uh, Reanimator is the roaster, and this is their fall blend. Uh, Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's really good. I'd like to try it by itself to see, like, if I can actually pull out any notes. But so far, we are trying it in lattes tonight, and it's yeah. good. That's really good. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Um, be on the lookout, especially on our Instagram. I know Becca has been creating the like literally the coolest coffee reels, and she is like dialing in her espresso latte art. So you'll have to. Keep up track with that. She continues to perfect (laughs) (laughs) these rosettas and all these kind of like cool looking flowers. So anyway, uh, tonight I'm really excited about the episode. But before we jump into that, we have a special guest with us at the table. Becca. we do. Tell us who's at the table. So we have the one and only Kim Zalek, my sister, who is visiting us in Pennsylvania right now. And... I could not help but beg her to be on the podcast with us because she's just everything, has the best insight and is my person. And I'm just so grateful for you guys to just get to hear her and her heart. And I'm telling you right now, you're just going to fall in love with her. She's the best. So my sister, Kim, welcome to Coffee and Combos. Welcome. Well, hello. Hello. So, yes, my name is Kim. My claim to fame is being Becca's sister (laughs) and a few other things. Uh, Just a little bit of background is I'm a registered nurse. Um, I've worked in uh, the reproductive field with women for most of my career. Case management, uh, former youth pastor, Former foster mother, adoptive mom, single mom. Um, Yeah, throw everything together and there I am. I feel like that is like some of the biggest like achievements. I mean, goodness gracious. I'm like thinking to myself like, who are we? Some people have just like (laughs) one of those things and they're amazing. And then here's my sister who's all of them and is top notch at every single one of them. So, and hey y'all, I'm just saying she's single and ready to mingle. So just Just throwing that out there a little bit. 
Hey yo. Single fellas. Hot hot mom. Hot mom winner. Fall. Also, I, mean? <laughs> I just want to say, like, I, I called her this because she really is. She's like the board game queen. Oh, right, y'all, like, legit. She is like. Knows <gasps> we'll have to do a podcast where we're just like where Kim tells us all things Ooh, board games. Yes. So it will be Kim Kim's takeover. Top five favorite of board games. Coffee and Ooh. combo. Yeah, that'll be that. good. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, really fun. Well, so tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really excited. Uh, tonight, um, we wanted, we actually did an episode. Oh, it's been a while. Hot I mean, this year. is like buried. I had to actually look back. Um, we did an episode on Hurt and we kind of like generalized Hurt a little bit. And so this one, we want to get a little bit more specific, mainly because we see it happening uh, really like in a lot of our friends, family. Personally, mm-hmm. it's happened to us. But also, I know this past Sunday, I preached a message on forgiveness and I had a couple people come up to me after and talked about like their experience with this subject. And so uh, tonight we want to talk on church hurt, which for our listeners who maybe aren't religious or faith oriented, I would still encourage you like listen to what's happening because here's the thing, like you probably have a friend or family member who is suffering from this. It's a real thing. Um, I would say it's just as real as like any kind of mental illness going around. Like, um, you know, church hurt is predominant in the American church right now. Yeah. And from someone, you know, for both of us, like we've walked through seasons of hurt mm-hmm. that was directly related from, you know, church related people. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of want to spend the next few moments together unpacking this and looking at it a little further and maybe kind of hopefully give some hope on like, what do you do when you're hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think like the, <laughs> the Christian easy answer would be like, well, just go pray. Well, it's not always that easy, right? Yep. Like, um, That's there's more nuance to it. <laughs> so yeah, let, let's, let's come out from this angle. Like I think. One of the things that is coming out more than ever is people are, which this is great. I think this is amazing. People are actually getting more in touch with their feelings um, and understanding like the way the brain's wired. So like back in the day, if you got hurt or offended at the church, you just kind of bury it Mm -hmm. and just like sweep it under the rug. Where now people are actually like addressing this. But what I see happening, at least in like our friends, is the church is actually driving them away from the church. Um, to a place of, you know, we previously we talked a lot about like deconstruction yeah, and like how to deconstruct our faith. And what I see in our friends, um, I'm thinking of like three people right now, they've deconstructed to a place where it's, it's literally caused them to now like have a zero belief in God. Mm-hmm. So like the hurt that was caused from years of church hurt has now rooted this like almost like a tree in their heart that is unbelief, it's pain, it's suffering, and it's caused them to completely like abandon the church. And so we want to talk about that. Um, yeah. What what would you say for, for both of you guys? Um, well, first off, let me ask this. What has been your experience like with this personally maybe or even with friends? Like maybe you have friends who are walking through this. Well, I want to bring up the topic of um, how generationally church hurt can affect Mm. an entire family. That's Mm -hmm. so good. Um, We 
were highly involved in church and experienced that, uh, where there were multiple generations that were, um, that experienced church hurt in a way that affected, uh, probably the way we did church mm-hmm. from that point forward, mm-hmm. um, both good and bad, because God, you know, I mean, he can use church hurt and bring about redemption because mm-hmm. he yeah. does that in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken, if you'll allow him. Um, but also there were some destructive things that happened because of that as well. So, mm-hmm. so there is also the concept of how church hurt affects the different generations, especially when you're dealing with being younger and seeing how it affects um, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. before you. And then also experiencing it as a young person and how that can sometimes form um, how you relate to God because you're not yet mature enough in your faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's a lot. There's a lot. And a lot of people, when they walk away from the church, I mean, I would say that it's not God who ever drives them away, but it's no. the people who God. claim to be following God and they get that misconstrued yeah 100 percent. you know um Mm. our our pastor gosh he was he was sharing in a message a couple weeks ago and it it has just like stuck with me so um just so strongly but he said that there was i think i believe uh sorry if i'm butchering it but i believe he had talked to someone or he read it in a book but they were saying this person was I believe talking to someone who was was struggling with, or or was transgender. I don't even know if they were struggling. I think they had officially decided like that's what they were. But anyways, they were talking to them and they they said, "I have never met a kind Christian," mm-hmm. and that, that wrecked me because goodness gracious, first of all, we should be the kindest yeah. people on the face of the planet. Yeah. And if one person has never met someone who was kind, that was that believed in God, well, boy, that's an issue. Right. And so, of course, you see church hurt in that. And you see church hurt in a lot of things that where the church isn't, isn't standing either up for what they, like, what they actually believe in, or they're just not loving people well, especially with, like, social issues and things that are going on and and huge conversations that are happening where the church, like, needs to be involved. And they're they're either deciding to not be a part of it or they're going so far towards it that then it becomes unbiblical. And so then you're hurt on either side of it. And so I just think it's something where – we have to, at the root of all things done with church, like we have to remember that this is broken people leading from hopefully a place of goodness and of God. But that doesn't mean that's always going to be that way. Like we all mess up. And so, you know, sometimes we look at pastors and we're like, well, this pastor hurt me and this pastor did something. And some pastors are like, hear me out. Some are completely out of line. Yeah. So don't think that I'm like saying that you are not like what you're feeling is not valid. But there are some pastors where like we as people have to give grace because they are people and they mess up and they still struggle with the same things that you do. They have yeah. bad days too. They struggle with sins and temptations and all of those things as well. And so sometimes like I believe 
a lot of church hurt sometimes comes from where, like, who are we actually serving? Are we serving God or are we serving the church? Because Mm -hmm. every time we serve the church, we are going to get hurt. Doesn't matter. Like, your heart, if it's for God always, then there will still, there still might be hurts. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think that it's not necessarily like a, a hurt. So I'm trying to like get my mind out. So you can be hurt, but I think you don't, you don't close off the, your entire mind to church, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if you're hurt by the church, but your heart is to serve God, sometimes that means there's still a hurt, but there's a shift to where we still have faith in the church. If that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas there are some some church hurts where you're hurt and you're done. Like, and you are like, I'm not looking at another church. I don't want to go back to church. Um, obviously, like, if this is what the church looks like, I don't want any part of God. And so it's like all these different phases that you can walk through and, and all the different church hurts that there are out there, right? Because right. there's just not one kind. Um, so I think it's... I think it's important to identify if you're struggling with church hurt, what what is the root of it? Was it something that someone said? Was it something you heard? Was it something you saw? Um, and identifying with it to see sort of where you're at church hurt wise. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kim, you had said something earlier that I think um, kind of jogged my, my thought process on this. Being generationally, I remember my dad, we had been at this one church, it was my home church growing up, and the lead pastor, after years of being there, basically, like, resigned and uh, retired, and I remember my dad, like, being so, like, hurt about it, and he literally stopped going to church for a year, and so at the time, like, that kind of carried over with me generationally, and I was like, well, I'm hurt, too, and I'm going to keep, like not going to church. And looking back on that now, I realize like, yeah, maybe was there some valid points and what did my dad have a reason to be upset and hurt? Maybe. But I, you know, honestly, I define real church hurt by someone who has like genuinely hurt you mm-hmm. in the church. Like there is amazing leaders. And like Becca said, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall. Even the best of leaders, right? We see it consistently across America. What happens when people put so much weight and like worship on a man, mm-hmm. they can't handle it. Right. Only, the only person that's supposed to be worshiped is Jesus. And yeah. so I think we're seeing leaders fall like never before. However, we're also seeing a lot of narcissism exposed in the church. And, you know, I've been around narcissistic pastors and um, even like, being a pastor, there's sometimes I have to keep my heart in check and be like, these are real people mm-hmm. like that I work with, that I serve with. And so like the actions, the words I say, um, I always like to say this, not everyone has the same level of tough skin that you do. Mm-hmm. Right. So just because that word doesn't hurt me, doesn't mean that it could really, really damage someone. Mm-hmm. We had said this to our student leaders uh, the other night about, like prophetic ministry. And um, I gave them two examples of two times I released prophetic words over two people's lives and it damaged them Mm -hmm. like really bad to the point of like one of them, like he's not even following Jesus right now. He didn't know what to do with the word. And so I just think like we have to be sensitive, really careful, not to the point of like 
wokeism where like <laughs> we cut out anything that makes people squirm and cry. Mm-hmm. I just think like be kind. Yeah. Right? Be tender. Like show the tenderness of Jesus. And I think that reveals so much. And so yeah, I can say like um church hurt, I think, as a leader, if you're listening to this, you're a pastor or a leader, I would say reevaluate the conversations you have with people and be careful um, with criticism and coaching mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm thinking of two people right now who they are currently not following Jesus because the leader sat down with them and criticized their leadership. Mm. So like, yeah, what do you, what do you do with that? Like number one, they're not on your payroll. They're a volunteer, yeah. right? And even if they weren't, would you still talk to an employee that is paid like that? Um, I think criticize, like constructive criticism, uh, criticism is one thing, but then there's criticism that just like tears a person down. Yeah. And in this example, like these two people, like it was very much tearing them down, mm-hmm. tearing their character down. Um, I look back on seasons in Becca and I's life where we had slander and gossip about us. Yeah. And we could easily be sitting here today on this podcast saying, don't go to church. Yeah. Because of like the words that were spoken about our family, about me personally. And so like what I've, what I've tried to do is like when that stuff comes against me from a church leader that maybe is broken and hurt themselves, I just try to like my best. And I know Becca does too. Like we try to bring to the feet of Jesus and to say, God, we can't do this in our flesh. Yeah. Like, I'm mad. I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, for all who are listening who either struggle with it or have been on the other side where people are, like, mad at you and you <laughs> know what you did. <laughs> like, it's thinking of reality. Like, what is a realistic expectation for our leaders and people yeah. in the church? Because I think that we tend to have expectations that are honestly like unattainable and there have been so many times where josh and i've been held to a standard of like leadership Mm -hmm. of friendship of mentorship of whatever like whatever someone decided for us (laughs) sometimes um and when we didn't even know that maybe we held that mantle in their life yeah and we didn't hold the standards that they expected we then fully hurt them and now they're angry with us and we're like didn't even know I was your mentor. <laughs> like, didn't know why was this in your life? And yeah. like, if you, like when you ask someone to be a part of your life or spiritually lead or anything like that, like you need to give them clear, like a clear path as to what it is you're looking That's for. Right. As in like, what do you need? Direction. And yeah. Exactly. Direction. So that you set the mentor actually up for success. That's right. Instead of failure. Because if you have a different expectation than I have, I'm always going to let you down yeah. no matter what I do. And I remember even growing up um, in high school and just switching ministries and I was, you know, doing mission stuff, felt like call of God and moving and all those things. And my church was wonderful and amazing, but <laughs> there was not, there wasn't a level of, um, support that I guess honestly that I had so -hmm. there was an expectation that I had that maybe they didn't even know and I was hurt yeah yeah. truly because I was you know I would see other churches and what they would do with you know people 
who were with me and doing the missions program and getting all these things and people just loving on them and care packages and, and mm-hmm. having so much support and going home and talking and like sharing to the you know congregation. And, you know, I would go back to church and they'd be like, oh, hey, where have you been out the last four months? I'm like, what? <laughs> like out doing missions, which is exactly right. like we're like raised to do. <laughs> and so it was something that was so difficult for me. And I struggled for so long feeling like I was uncared for Mm. when in reality, they probably truly had no idea that that's what I needed. And that that if I had shared that with them, or if they knew that that was the expectation, I truly believe that they probably would have tried to live up to it. Yeah. But it wasn't a clear expectation. And so out there, I think there are a lot of times in church hurt that we're honestly the ones who've who've hurt our own feelings (laughs) because we've made unrealistic expectations for people um, and we haven't even shared that with them. And so they inevitably fail us. Do you have any thoughts, Kim? Um, Well, I'm really glad that we're talking about the idea of communication because Mm -hmm. I feel like so much could be resolved if we just had a conversation with someone about even if they have done something that, is legitimately uncalled for having that conversation because so often when we talk about being hurt, it's like, what was your motivation in doing that? Because a lot of times people can come back and say, I didn't see that I did that to you. Mm -hmm. This is what I was thinking when this occurred and that can change everything. But one of one of the things about church hurt is, of course, you know, clearly we, we've mentioned already talking about, like, why do we go to church? And it's to worship God. Yep. So remembering that that is the ultimate reason that we're going and that they are just people mm-hmm. just as broken as we are, um, sometimes even more broken because God loves to use the most broken people <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, to show so his good. glory through. Um, but the other thing is, is like, I know sometimes I do this thing where I go, okay, like I've been hurt. So now what do I do? Like, Mm. how do I protect myself next? Yeah. Mm. And I just coming from the background of having been the leader, having been led, (sighs) having been a foster mom, can I please just let you know that you cannot truly love without putting yourself in a place of being hurt. Right. Wow. Wow. So good. There is no way to protect yourself Mm -hmm. from being hurt if you're truly loving with all that you have. Now, that does not mean that you purposely put yourself in the path of doing (laughs) something crazy or or following someone that you know is not following God. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you are putting yourself in a position to follow God. And as he himself has been repeatedly hurt by people who are doing doing people things and sinning, that is exactly what's going to happen. So being involved in loving God means putting yourself in a position to be hurt. And how you come back from that speaks more about your faith than anything else. Mm. Wow. So you've got to go back to, I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this because God called me to this. And if he's not calling you to it, 
then honestly, we need to look at, well, what what are you doing it for then? Mm. Because if your motive is not to honor God, then you're probably in the wrong spot. And you're going to get hurt. Mm. And it will not be anybody's fault but your own for being in the wrong spot. Right. So you can love people, but don't invest yourself in a ministry God hasn't called you to and expect not to be decimated in the process. There's a reason God didn't call you there, even if that's your strength. Yeah. So following God often means going into a ministry that you're like, I have no business being here. I do not know what I'm doing. Why, why, why? You know, and then God completely shines through the vulnerability and the inability Mm. that you have to bring you up into that. But, you know, so often we step into a gap we've got no business being in and, and hurt comes because of that. So good. Man, I feel like. Mike wrap dropped. this uh podcast oh, on up that's so good i oh. i think you're right you know I, I man what you yeah you just keep like provoking my thoughts and stuff i remember i started serving at a mega church in our in our hometown this is like right after coming back to jesus so i was really fired up and um and to be honest looking back in that season i should have been there mm. like i i was like though i knew i, I needed to be in youth ministry um, the season of serving hadn't come yet. So I started serving young and dumb started dating a student who was the same age as me. We we're both 18, but she was a student. And I always like sharing this story. Cause it like, this is true church hurt. I mean, this, this honestly could have easily decimated me to the point of like atheism. Um, and so the youth pastor found out brings me to Taco Bell <laughs> and for 20 minutes just lays into me. And basically, at the very end of the conversation, he says, um, like, Josh, you're never going to be a youth pastor. So just quit. Mm. And easily, easily could have given up then. And I honestly, for a couple months, I did. Like, I, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a youth pastor. Like, I messed up. And and then what's crazy is, you know, God brings, if you allow it. And this is why I say, like, make sure in the season of hurt that you're walking in. Try to keep even a sliver of open heart for God to move. Mm-hmm. And I did. And sure enough, like a youth pastor from my home church came into my life. And in a very dark season of like depression and why did I even like bother coming back to Jesus? This is, you know, what I expected it to be. He mentored me, loved me well. And here I am today. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, totally. Like there's, there's going to be people that hurt you. And if you're in the wrong place, like if you're forcing yourself into a place that God hasn't called you to, you're destined to get hurt. I'm yeah. sorry. Like that's just yeah. reality. And again, unfortunately, like humans are humans, right? Even the best of leaders is still going to hurt you and not always be the leader that they wish they could be. Right. And so I just think, yeah, don't allow your heart to get so hurt and offended that you completely walk away from God. Because here's the deal. God loves you. Mm-hmm. Like he, he has massive plans for your life. He wants the best for your life. And so, like, don't look at what a human did as, as God doing it. Because mm-hmm. that's totally not God. Right? Yeah. So that youth pastor telling me that, that was not God saying that to me. Mm-mm. Right? That was a human in their dumb human flesh making a really stupid comment. Ironically... Years later, uh, me and this youth pastor run into each other at a youth pastor conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I went up to him, shook his hand. Redeemed. And uh, 
We didn't have like this bro hug moment of forgiveness. Honestly, I think he was more shocked than anything. Mm. And so, yeah, like you never know what God can do. Like if you allow that healing to take place, great things are going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I think for those of you who may be walking through this or who knows at any point could this could potentially be a season you're walking into all of a sudden that you'd least expect it. And this hurt starts to take root. Um, I think some practical ways to practical ways, I think to just navigate it. Right. Because hurt feelings happens sometimes, whether you mean for it to happen or not, but what you do after what Kim was saying, how it, that really shows your faith. And I think it shows your character Mm. is how do you walk out church hurt in a, in an honorable way. And I think one of the ways is while you're still navigating that season and navigating what you're feeling and starting to weed out, who am I serving? What was I serving? Why does this hurt so much? Um, Was this my season? Like as you navigate those um, questions for yourself, the things that you say and how you respond is truly what matters. And so if you get hurt and you decide, well, I'm just going to go bash the name of this church. I'm going to bash the leaders. I'm going to bash the people, the congregation, the people of God, et cetera. If you're going to go ahead and bash that, you're not dealing with, you're not dealing with church hurt anymore in the sense you are now taking root into what the enemy is trying to plant in your heart. And so the enemy wants you to get hurt and then he wants to plant a seed of, of frustration and rebellion and, um, and he wants to cause, like, he just wants to cause chaos. Yeah. And so if he can take root in your heart and cause so much anger and frustration to bloom, then that's exactly what he's going to do. And so that's when the rumors start and the, and the frustration and getting a group of people, right? Misery loves yeah. company. And so now we're going to band people together. And then it just tears everything down, right? And so how we respond to church hurt truly does say so much about our faith and so much about our character. And so I would urge you, if you're walking through that season, to watch your mouth. Like, take guard, take captive of your mouth, of your thoughts, of your heart. Because what you pour out is what's going to, like, come about. It's so important to to build up, right? So you can be hurt and you can say, listen, this person really hurt me, but but my prayer is that God would begin to work in them so that they can continue to make an impact for the kingdom of God, Yeah. right? Or that God would begin to show them the issues that they got going on that they really need to deal with because they're hurting people, that God needs to show up in them, deal with it, so that they can continue to prosper, right? Those are really hard prayers, right, when someone hurts you. Those are really hard prayers to pray. But we have to come to a point where we are speaking blessings instead of curses over church leaders, ministry, and churches in general, and so that's a practical way to walk through, walk out the church hurt. So it's taking a moment to analyze what's the root, and then it's making sure we're not planting seeds, uh, seeds of hurt and rebellion even yeah. more into our heart, um, because that's truly where things start to to get crazy. Is when we're allowing our mouth and our heart and our mind to believe things that maybe are bigger than what actually took place. That's good. Yeah, well, I think before we wrap up, Kim, did you have any last thoughts? Um, yeah, well, I think for me, the big thing is that 
when people really mess up and they mess up bad and they've hurt us, um, we tend to put them in a box that says this is who they are and this is mm. what they are. And we forget to give them the ability f- to change and be different. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to put ourselves back in their path, mm. especially yeah. if they're on a destructive streak at that moment. But like Rebecca was saying, when you're praying for them, you literally are praying with the expectation that God is a yes. God who can change anyone and anything. And there is that part of you that gets a little angry about the fact that they might get blessed and do well. <laughs> yes. And that jerk yeah. that did That's this so to you and yeah. all of that. Um, on the other side for yourself, um, I literally believe in this word so much I have it tattooed on my body. And it's that it's the word redeemed. God will take every tear, every hurt, every piece of every pain, and he will bring about good in the middle of it. No matter what you're dealing with, if you will turn it around and hand it back to God, God will bring you through. So when we're dealing with hurt, especially in his church, it is so painful because we think that is the one place I'm supposed to be Mm. safe. That's so good. I'm supposed to be safe here. And how could these people who say they love God do this to me or my family? Because let's be honest, you do something to me like whatever. You do something to my kid, the people I love. We're fighting. We're done. done. I'm throwing down now. And so I can forgive you so much more easily if it was my hurt. But as a mama... Don't hurt my baby. Yeah. And so it can be so much harder to work that out. And so I not only have to believe that God can redeem every, every tear, every, Mm. every painful moment for me, but then I also have to work out that forgiveness in the fact that he'll also redeem every tear that falls from my child's face. Yeah. And so when you're dealing with generational hurt and it's your parents or your grandparents or your children, just know the same God who will redeem your hurt can redeem theirs as well. So good. And so good. pray, pray that God redeems it in the person who did the wrong, whether it was you or the other person. And then pray that, um, that God shows himself so fully through it that you're thankful by the time everything is said and done, you are thankful because you wouldn't be who you could be mm. if that hadn't happened. That's right. So good. It's powerful. Well, listen, if, you, if you're if you on that journey right now and you would say you're struggling with church hurt or hurt in general and just need someone to talk to, Beck and I love having conversations with people mm. and either you know we can talk with you and help you on that journey or point you to someone who can. So reach out to us on our Instagram. If you click the show notes, you'll see uh, where to follow us at. And we love you guys so much. We can't wait to join you around the table uh, again next Friday. See you then. See you then.